Ryan Little. <laughs> What's going on everyone you're tuned to fatima love cyber <laughs> because i do my name is fatima adelado and this season i will be spotlighting some amazing women in cybersecurity. listen as they share their experiences and bottom of the myths we've all heard about being a woman in this male-dominated industry we'll be taking a deep dive into how they started their journey in cybersecurity, some of the things that have helped them so far and practical ways to reduce the gender gap in this industry. Right. Okay. So thank you again, Megan, for agreeing to you know participate in this series, celebrating women in cybersecurity series. And again, I'm happy you're feeling much better. And um, if you don't mind, just take a second to introduce yourself to you know the listeners so they know who I'm talking to. I know who I'm talking to, but yeah, for the benefit of those that do not, uh, if you just want to introduce yourself, please. Sure. Well, first of all, Fatima, thank you so much for hosting this and, and having this space because I think it is very important. Um, so my name is Megan Jacko and I am a cybersecurity professional. I have been in our field for about two years now um, and I previously was in IT. Um, so mm -hmm. I did technical support um, in schools and was a STEM educator. So I did a career pivot um, to be in cybersecurity. And then I work in, um, then I did work in risk assessment um, and um, okay. I've done work in threat intelligence and a bit of cyber mm -hmm. engineering. Um, so kind of tried a bit of different domains of cyber. Yep, really to me, <laughs> yeah, really to me, what I look for is what are the interesting problems that are happening and how can I help solve those? And by helping solve those, help others. So those are some really big pieces that I look at. And then I do quite a bit of volunteering to help give back to our community, our industry and cybersecurity, both mentoring people that are um, already in the industry, um, sharing out resources. Um, I do things with um, BBWIC Foundation with research. Right. Um, and Women in Cybersecurity and Diana Initiative, um, okay. and also OWASP um, and DEF CON. And I just think it's important oh. to be an active member in our community mm -hmm. and um, try to share back when we have that time. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about me. And um, I do both um, help for people who might be new, but then also um, you know, collaboration with people who are not new. So it might do like right. a co-authoring of a piece and research and such and right. try to speak right. out at conferences quite a bit. Um, okay. So that's, you know, a bit about me. And, 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 and an audio podcast like this as well. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Kind of sharing out those resources, right? And yeah. I, I, I just, I love to learn and I kind of think about life as a, as a grand adventure and we are here for only a certain amount of time and so we have right. to seize the day and um so i really believe in that carpe diem and trying to make the most of our life here absolutely absolutely carpe diem <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> okay thank you for the introduction um, um again i'll just jump right into the questions now and my first question is basically um surrounding the underrepresentation of women in cybersecurity. Uh, so, um, what, in your experience and opinion, are the main causes behind this underrepresentation? 
Yeah, I think this is a really important question. And so when we think about the word underrepresentation, one of the words that's in there is representation. And so one, to me, one of the largest causes of women not being in cyber is lack of visibility, lack of representation. And so if women don't know that this is a field that they can join, or if they see a panel and they look at it and there's like, oh, well, no one in this panel looks like me, so there's not a space here for me, that's where that representation really comes into play. Because either consciously or subconsciously, people then are saying to themselves, there's not a place for me here, no one looks like me here. And so if that representation doesn't exist consciously from an organization, from a um, conference, from a, um, you know, like, let's say it's a publication and then they're sharing out research and then all the researchers are only like one category of person, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's not like as much diversity that's visible. Right. Then other people might see that and think, oh, well, I don't belong. Why would I apply? I don't belong. I don't belong. I don't belong. And so I think that that aspect of representation really Mm -hmm. matters. And so um, I try to, as much as possible, share out these are going to be things that I will be doing so that Mm -hmm. women, women in particular, know hey, if I choose to go to DEF CON, there will be a friendly face there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is really important that um, we have visibility um, right. and that we are having these conversations with youth too, so right. that um, younger students know, oh, that is a career that I could go into. Um, so oh, that could be really fascinating. Oh, I get to protect data and people. Um, mm-hmm. And so that could be something I'm really interested in. And oh, I've seen that there are other women who do this. Um, so I think that that's, that's a really big deal with it. That's, that's really profound. Um, I've said this earlier in this season, and I'm going to say it again. I had my first conversation with Kimberly said here, I don't know if you know her, she's also a woman in cybersecurity, she's based in Canada, and I I mean, it's just interesting how these thoughts keep um, coming up in different words, so what she said, and I I think I've mentioned once or twice in in this series is, I mean, one of the reasons she cited for the underrepresentation is the fact that we cannot be what we cannot see, right? Exactly. And that's what you have also, in other words, you know, um, mentioned now about, you know, not seeing people that look like you. So in this case, it'll be not seeing women in cybersecurity. And so then translating that as, okay, maybe this is not a field for women. Maybe this is not the place that I belong. And so seeing us there, and that's why I'm really happy to, you know, have this conversation and to spotlight you amazing women, you know, excelling in this field and just let other people know that it's totally doable and there are women in this field, not just in this field, women are actually excelling in this field. So yeah, thanks for that, um, just insights that you provided. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think that that it is it's a common thread, and and I and I like that phrasing of it too. It's like we cannot yeah. be what we cannot, we cannot see. Cannot be what we cannot see. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really interesting that I keep hearing just 
different um, um, recouching of flat statements. And I like the way you have put it too. Um, it's just no one looks like me there. That is just powerful. That is just something I'm going to maybe um, say a couple of times again when I talk to other people. No one looks like me there. And hence, maybe there's no place for me there. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, really, that's really deep. Um, okay. So my next question is, what are some of the things that got you interested in cybersecurity? So this is me just trying to understand how you got into the field. And um, I know you've mentioned um, sharing of resources. So what are some of the things that got you interested in cybersecurity? Were there any resources that particularly helped you as a woman that could potentially help other women, you know, in terms of pursuing this career path? Yeah, absolutely. So I I love to solve puzzles and figure out how and why things work the way they do. I, I kind of consider myself a tinkerer. I, I like to build, um, you know, be it um, like doing physical builds with like using like saws and tools or be okay. doing more of like an electronic build um and so i've, I've always kind of liked that side of things okay. and then i was the go-to in my family for um you know my parent like my mom not my, not so much my dad but my mom would like have like a new tech and she'd be like okay i have to learn this megan can you like help me look at it and we'll figure it out and I loved getting to like dive into like a new tech and then teach it to my mom. And I love that she was never afraid of the tech, right? Wow. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this this new tech is scary. It was like, how am I going to tackle this? Right. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. And then growing up, also my dad was a database analyst, so I kind of had oh, wow. like programming and coding around okay. me and kind of that mindset. Um, so I I'd always loved tech and being around it um Mm -hmm. and um like i said i did a career pivot so um when i was an educator i kept getting drawn back into the world of tech to the point where part of my role was actually being an it technician um and just helping out the schools with any sort of tech needs if you've known anyone who's worked at a school before schools usually have a need of a lot of resources and so if mm-hmm. they find out you can do a thing they'll be like okay you, you go help with that thing <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah and so that that was one of the things that became actually part of my role um and over the course of multiple years then i was you know got more into teaching technology and teaching ap computer science and engineering and ran a maker lab and um got closer and closer to like you know these this is kind of like what i want to do but it wasn't quite what i wanted to do so a lot of introspection um i knew cybersecurity um it was like was a field because of the i knew the tech side of things and so i knew that existed but i also knew from like a long form that the intelligence community existed because right. my grandfather was a um, career military officer and he was in the IC. Um, and so I was like, oh, maybe it would be interesting to go into um, some sort of thing within like threat intelligence, vulnerability management. Right. Um, maybe I'll look into career shifting. And mm-hmm. so when I was looking into that, I did a lot of research. Um, I tried to consume as many resources that were free as possible. So mm-hmm. SANS does a wonderful job. You know, you might hear about SANS a lot and you might hear like really expensive classes. Right. I'd encourage you to don't stop there because they actually do a really wonderful job of having 
multiple free summits throughout the year. They have at least 10. Um, and they're either one day or two day. And these are like completely free, excellent resources. They have these mm -hmm. Slack groups that are set up. You can network with people. Um, and so these are like mini conferences on a topic like cloud, like threat intelligence, like red right. teaming. And mm -hmm. so you can really get this really nice exposure to all of these different topics by premier experts in the field. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing that I did. Another thing that I did was just looking at like free classes that existed. Right. Um, so Coursera, Udemy, they actually have a lot of free mm -hmm, classes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, mm -hmm, so I would take like a lot of different free classes just to test things out. I participated in Capture the Flags, Try Hack Me and oh. Hack the Box, was doing both of those just to test things out and try and figure out what I wanted to do. And all of that was to narrow. And then because I am more of like a formal learner, I decided to go back to school. So I went and got a second bachelor's degree. Um, and, and so I, I understand like I had like the resources and time to do that. Um, and not everyone has that. And that was also more of my learning style. Um, and so for me, that was really helpful for then finishing out my career pivot. Um, uh -huh. That may not be everyone's style. There's a lot you can do with self-learning. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a lot of free resources out there. Um, and I can share with you after this recording, I have right. kind of like a collection of multiple free resources about cybersecurity. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I'll, share, I'll share that link with you. Yeah, that would be really good. Um, I can put it um, somewhere. Then yeah. I can also put it on my um, She Loves Cyber platform. It's an Instagram Perfect. platform. And I always constantly, right, ask, I mean, get asked for resources, you know, free resources that people can start with. And I am also an advocate of, you know what, try as much as possible, explore as much as possible the free stuff and know where your interests actually lie before you go you know starting before you start paying for stuff i mean mm -hmm. i pay for a lot of stuff and honestly i'm happy to make it easier for other people so it'd be interesting and it'd be nice to just have this collection that you're talking about and to just be able to put it out there yeah yeah very happy to share that and, and i think exactly what you said is because the the field the industry of cybersecurity is actually really broad it's not just pen testing and let me hack into this thing there's yeah. so many different parts of it and mm -hmm. so the more that one understands the different domains of cyber and yeah. what is really interesting to you what you really like then you'll be better placed to then spend money on something mm -hmm. that will be of great interest to you absolutely. and will, will yield those really excellent results to what you might want to do later absolutely so just a quick question, um, just um, um, like a segue from what you just, from something you just mentioned now in terms of cybersecurity is really big. It's such a big domain. It's such a big industry with different domains. What, what, what is your thoughts around, you know, mastering one domain and becoming an expert in that, or being like um, an not not an expert now, but just as a. a, a a professional like a generalist like different a generalist yeah but i don't even want to use the word generalist so much but just like a professional in cybersecurity well maybe a generalist now but yeah just someone who knows like different bits and pieces i feel like at the end of the day whether you specialize or not even if you're specialized in say penetration testing you would still have to know you know the different aspects of cybersecurity. but what do you do you think is compulsory i think that's the better way to put it now to 
you know, have one domain that you're grounded in and you're just focused on that, what do you think is good to be able to, you know, just try different things and stay like that as a professional in cybersecurity? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. I, I honestly think it depends on the person and, and mm-hmm. where one's interests lie. So right. I do think it is important to have a generalized overview of what cybersecurity is and like what yeah. the basics are, like understanding, um, you know, how we might maybe approach data from like a confidential confidentiality, integrity, and availability perspective. You know, the CIA triad, right? Yeah. Um, so really, kind of thinking that through and, and understanding some of the basics around that, understanding some of the basics around. Um, network administration but that might not be as relevant to your role if you're more on like a very specific um, government compliance or Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. why like Mm -hmm. you know we it's really hard to say like oh you have to know x things um because it is so broad um but (sighs) i think that one will find Mm-hmm. the more one works the more likely they are to become specialized mm-hmm. because they will find the things that are of greater interest to them and they'll spend mm-hmm. more time in that right right um now that's not to say that you can't laterally move like let's say you are in um risk assessment and then you get really fascinated by um, malware and you want to do malware reverse engineering maybe right. you decide then to start taking like some some classes and then specialize and yeah you do some different trainings and then that's you do like a lateral move career shift because of that within industry um so i yeah i i don't think there's a hard fast rule um, <laughs> right 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 i ask uh, i know some people especially beginners just want to have like a like a linear or straight path of, oh, I'm coming into cybersecurity. This is what I want to face. I mean, I always say just explore. Like, just yeah. explore. The more you explore, the more you see, you know, the things that you like, the things that you do not like, the things you have strengths in, mm-hmm. and the things that you have weaknesses in. So, um, I mean, I, I, but I'd like to ask other people as well, just to get different perspectives. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think with exploration, you have mm-hmm. a better understanding of the realm of possible, right? So it's like you you can understand, oh, all of these different, you know, career paths exist. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't explore, you won't know that those things oh, exist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. 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 Okay. I'll jump right to the next question. And it's just um, about your experience. I know you pivot, you know, you had a pivot um, in your career, but um, just generally climbing the corporate ladder to where you are now, how would you describe your experience so far? Yeah, so I think a lot of it has to do with thinking through, you know, really concretely where where do you want to go? Um, Mm -hmm. And then how can the organization you're in help support you get there to, to get there um mm-hmm. and so like i have friends who are CISOs and bsos and it's really interesting to and i'm, I'm not at that level but to ask those people like how did you get there and, and it's the same thing with anyone in cyber there's no one linear path right mm-hmm. but there are some commonalities around you know 
I um, like the the people who are in those more like upper level leadership roles um, that they um, were really specific with discussing how their role had business added value. So Mm -hmm. really understanding what your organization does, how your organization makes money, how your organization, how your role relates to how your organization makes money. Yeah. And then making sure that you are communicating that you are doing business added activity. Right. So So, value proposition of your role, of your activities in the organization. And having it be metric based. So, okay, I completed 20% of this that helped towards this goal that added towards X revenue, right? Right. You know, don't make, don't make it up. <laughs> like, okay. like do spend the time to figure do out the, the metric. <laughs> yeah. Do, do the work and then figure out the metric so that you can measurably okay. say, right. I did these things. Mm-hmm. This was the outcome. This is how it relates. And of course, I think this is also hard as a woman, like, um, my, you're not going to be the only person who led to that outcome. So when you're right. stating that, it can be really hard because you might think to yourself, but but I didn't only do that. I did this by myself. And mm-hmm. the thing is, when you're saying this statement, like think about maybe coming up for like an annual review, right? Mm-hmm. When you're making this statement, it's not that you're saying, I'm the only one who did this. You're just saying, mm-hmm. I did this. Right. I did this and it related to this outcome and this is how it helped our organization in a business added value way. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big thing that people can do to help themselves um, Mm -hmm. and also be very concrete. And then it can provide evidence if a person wants to then further negotiate for maybe like a salary raise or a different Mm -hmm. bonus structure or um, if they have equity, a different equity percent or that kind of thing. Um, So really, really being specific about metrics and what one has related to the business goals and making sure you truly understand that. What, What does your organization do? Like even a nonprofit has a bottom line they're not trying right. to run themselves into the ground right definitely <sighs> you know they're trying to stay in the green not in the red definitely. and how how does your role help do that and i personally hate the phrase cybersecurity is a like um you know is not like an income generator is like a is like not a place where <laughs> right right you know, i think that's actually a false dichotomy because cybersecurity actually helps protect an organization mm-hmm. and, and allows them to have uptime if there's a cyber incident yeah then an organization could potentially suffer downtime which will lead to less revenue likely depending on the business model um very likely though right (laughs) and so i think that like that that needs to kind of shift with some people's language that no it's not that we're like this sunken cost yeah 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 yeah. and i think you're 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 so right people don't uh, but i have learned i learned this so early in my career i mean i started again in it and if everything is working perfectly, if there's no downtime, every, I mean, they don't seem to understand the 
the the importance or the benefit of that and then when there's like a downtime then they know and for me it's the same with cyber security you see it as such a revenue um consum- consuming aspects of the business but you actually would not understand just how much um um you know it's saving the organization until like the proper bridge or incident happened and we had to spend a lot of money to recover from that and to get back so yeah you're you're just uh, spot on <laughs> yeah okay so would you say this has helped you you know in climbing the corporate ladder and you know just getting ahead in your career would you say yeah i, I think that that knowing how to have these conversations and frame mm-hmm. them and have mm-hmm. goals has, has been helpful for career progression for me yes that's really good and i think that's a lot that's such um a critical aspect that women need to learn not just in um you know showing the value you you you, you add to the organization but just as a woman in terms of speaking up and showing up and you know just um um selling yourself as well i think yeah. it's really important i think it's really important um okay so my next question is now in terms of diversity diversity in cybersecurity what would you like to see companies strive towards and do you think there are any concrete you know measures like you've said earlier in terms of just um measuring outcomes what do you think about this what would you like to see a company strive towards yeah so i i think that there's a lot of talk about hey there's there's issues in diversity um mm-hmm. we don't have enough you know um if we're taking women as an example we don't have enough women in yeah, cyber security yeah yeah, um, yeah. is organizations stating this is what we're doing or mm-hmm. this is what we tried and then these were the outcomes and that requires right. a little bit of vulnerability right because you as an organization and as an individual are likely to try something mm-hmm. and it won't always work <laughs> right but if you don't share what you're trying and the outcome it doesn't really help mm that's interesting you know other people might be trying the same thing and don't mm-hmm. know it's already been tried mm-hmm. um and then it will allow for a greater conversation to happen around oh okay well you tried that it didn't work mm. maybe it didn't work because of this or did you try that or you know it just it allows for a larger conversation to happen um but i do like to see it being paired with like some sort of like measurements and metrics around it and, mm-hmm. yeah yeah really having it be data driven and so in the like diversity because diverse thinking and not having like group think is very important but diversity right. can look many different ways right mm-hmm. um, so not diversity for diversity's sake but diversity because we diversity is a strong thing it leads to stronger teams um, and so having that is like a core value for an organization um that just diversity is strength <laughs> um right. 
and then how will we try to work towards that and how will we measure it and it can Mm -hmm. be even just different things where we're going to try to reach out to different universities that you know we haven't seen we've seen a big underrepresentation and so we're going to reach out to historically black universities because we have not had um a large representation of people um who are BIPOC who are working at our organization right Mm. and so we're going to do recruiting at historically black universities and then we're going to track the outcome right Mm -hmm. that would be a way to see does that actually do something Um, we're going to set up some internships and um, have apprenticeships and then we're going to see does that actually do something so just Mm -hmm. trying different things and then measuring it (laughs) and then sharing out about it Right, that is that is really good. Diversity, not just for the purpose of, you know, checking some or taking some checklists, but because yeah. there's trends in diversity, that is really important. Okay, we'll move to the next question, and it's about um, just women who have not considered cybersecurity due to the lack of coding or programming experience. What would you say to such women? Sure. Um, so I think that it is really important to consider like one skills and where mm-hmm. they are and like know yourself and know what you're interested in, but mm-hmm. also know that people in cybersecurity are not necessarily software mm-hmm. engineers, right? Not necessarily front end or back end developers. Mm-hmm. And so because those are different roles in a different Mm -hmm. field there is still space for you if you are not currently a programmer not currently a coder Mm -hmm. not interested in programming and coding but i would say if you're not interested in technology at all Mm -hmm. probably cybersecurity is not for you you. (laughs) yes it does involve technology Definitely. (laughs) Um, Definitely. and so it would be one of those where it would be like well why do you want to go into this field um Mm -hmm. if you don't like technology um and obviously many of us get frustrated sometimes with technology because it doesn't always work but that's Mm -hmm. different than like no i i genuinely hate technology or something like that versus like many of us many of us who are in this field really love tech and like to kind of like figure it out like it's kind of more (laughs) of like a tinker curiosity mindset um so yeah so i would say don't let that worry you Mm -hmm. but but try to be curious and try to know that if you choose to never learn programming or coding like if that's a choice because that's a choice Mm -hmm. there will be parts of cyber jobs that will not Mm -hmm. be achievable for you right Um, because you will need to know how to do even just a little bit of python and know know how to do some automation um even just a bit of being able to use linux command line Mm -hmm. um and so if that is something you're not interested in at all you're Mm -hmm. closing off a lot of things right but if you have no experience in it and you're willing to learn right then that's totally fine Mm, mm. that is that is (laughs) i like the way you you know perfectly you know worded it so yes coding is not compulsory and there are very um different areas of many very many different areas of cybersecurity that you can you know obviously explore without coding or programming um competences but just know that you are sort of um boxing yourself or you know yeah boxing yourself um 
away from other opportunities as well but again that's that's totally um your choice and it's totally doable uh but also i just want to put it out there python linux um um what other SQL. programming language sql and all these programming languages i don't know why people have made it so you know um so so such things to be feared but anybody could actually learn these things and they actually help oh, in making absolutely. your you know your job easier so i just always like to make people know that yes yeah there are opportunities out there if you don't want to code but if it's the fear of coding please just at least give it a try before you you know decide it's not for you yeah and there's there's a lot of like fun ways to learn some of these programs too mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of like python based games that you can right. do and there's like um oh is it linux dojo there, there's a linux thing that's kind of fun and silly too um mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. helps quiz you on linux command line um it, so there, there's a lot of things out there that exist that like mm-hmm. can kind of make it more of like a fun game type thing to learn yeah. so it's definitely yeah. more easier now than it was back then that i yes. can say <laughs> that. yeah okay um i have another question sure. and it's regarding i know you've mentioned earlier about um, mentorship but i'd like mm-hmm. to hear your view of mentorship especially in this um, field cybersecurity. yeah i i think um both being a mentor and a mentee are really mm-hmm. important um so i consider myself lucky enough to have multiple mentors um people mm-hmm. i can go to and ask advice mm-hmm. um and then I also um, give back and do mentorship, um, a lot of it in informal capacity, like just having conversations, even like Uh this, that Uh we'll be sharing out, Uh Uh um, or um, over Slack where I share resources. Um, But then when um, Women in Cybersecurity, WESIS, I do formal mentorship with um, mentees. Um, So I think that if you're seeking a mentor, the biggest thing is to try to build a relationship first, especially if you're cold contacting a person. So sometimes one will, if they're pretty active on LinkedIn, will get a message from someone they do not know, have not met yet. And Mm -hmm. they'll just say, oh, um, how do you get into cyber? (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, well, we've never met each other. We don't know each other. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what you Mm -hmm. want to do in cyber. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you've researched. What your background is. Like, did you even Google this question? Because there are a ton of resources out there. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of like write that question off a little bit because there's a lot of, um, within this industry, one has to do a lot of um, research uh, mm-hmm. And if someone's asking me a question like that, I'm mm. like, well, how much research did you do? You do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so if you're trying to find a mentor, I really recommend not sending that type of question to anyone, more mm-hmm. so sending them very specific, like, you know, hi, I saw your profile that you did XYZ. I saw you recently wrote this. I really appreciated that. Thank you. Would right. you be willing to have a... 10 minute coffee chat with me about this mm. topic to talk about this question. Right. I will right. set up the call, you know, um, be very specific, show that you did research and were specifically interested in that person. Not that you sent 100 people the same question. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. that is going to be much more likely to gain you results. Mm-hmm. It takes more time. 
Right. But it's much more likely to gain results. Um, but I think mentorship is very important. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to get a mentor if you're very new to industry, um, which I think kind of relates to your to your next question is like cyber enthusiasts and mm-hmm. entry level mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. one is thinking about being new to the industry and what one would right. do. So I, I think it's it's a lot of it is around intentionality um, mm. with that. So that is that is really really good. I like the angle you've come from, which is first of all being intentional. Also, then um, conducting some research on your on your own um, um, capacity. I mean, whether you're a professional or a newbie to the industry, conducting some research and then maybe narrowing it down to one or two people that you'd really like to learn from, and then going with some specificity in terms of questions and things you'd like addressed. And I think that just eases it. So that's really good. Um, I like I really like that angle. My question now to you, which we were already um, touching on, is just about, you know, general advice to that entry-level woman listening and that cyber enthusiast or someone who's curious about cybersecurity. Um, yeah, just what would your advice to them be? Yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of a lot of what I've said, you know, be very specific and intentional when you're networking, um, it, but just just try a lot of different things. You're not going to know what you really enjoy until you try the different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a really good um, book by Alyssa Miller that just came out that's called um, Cybersecurity Career Guide. Uh, mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend that. I think she's going to, I know she's going to be at the Diana Initiative. I think she's going to be there um, signing books. Um, it, so if you're going to be um, in Vegas in August, um, that would be a great conference to stop at um, and see her. Um, I, then there's one other book I'd recommend that I was just trying to pull up. Um, Can you cover the name of the author again? Cybersecurity yeah. Guide by whom? Um, so it is the Cybersecurity Career Guide, um, and the author's name is Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, and then Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. E-R. Oh, okay. Okay, Alyssa yeah. Miller. Cybersecurity awesome. Guide, if you can yeah. hear if listening, if anybody can listen, you know, anyone that is listening that is probably wondering what books are out there that they can check out to discuss careers in cybersecurity, um, Megan has just given you a good one cybersecurity career guide by alisa miller i'm going to try and see if i can you know put that together with um the description for this podcast yeah and then the other book i'd recommend that i think is really is really excellent if you're thinking about just like a lot of different things in cyber is mm-hmm. called reinventing cybersecurity um and it's Think a- that again it's called reinventing reinventing cybersecurity. Yeah, and it's a compilation book where every chapter is by a different author. Um, and it's it's a really really nice read. Um, so I sent you both of those. Um, okay. So I would definitely recommend, um, you know, explore a lot of things, network with intentionality, mm-hmm. and I I think these would be really great books if um, those are of interest. Okay, thank you very much. One last question before I let you go. Sure. So, um, you've really had uh, an interesting career, you know, from education to 
IT and now just cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And obviously from your from the influences you've had in your life as well, from your grandfather to your father. So my question now is just surrounding um basically if 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 you weren't in tech at all on any capacity at all, what what would you be doing? Do you think? Oh gosh, I, 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 I honestly I can't imagine not being in tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I've always done things with tech, like with tech. Yeah, like I mean, to like, like as a little kid, like I was deconstructing like robots to see how they work. <laughs> um, Interesting. And uh, like uh, we had the, you know, fortune of I've had a computer since I was five years old. Um, so. Like I, <laughs> you grew up with tech. I grew up with tech, and I I can't imagine not <laughs> not being in it. Um, wow. I suppose I suppose if I had to had to choose something mm-hmm. different, um, it, it would still be in science. Um, I really like um, exploration, and mm-hmm. so it would be um being maybe like a field scientist in paleontology. So I've done like a number of dinosaur digs. Okay. Um, and so it would be maybe something like that. Um, oh. So, uh, but yeah, it would, it would definitely involve um, science, STEM, <laughs> um, et cetera. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's really a hard good. question. I know, I know. I just like to throw you know, one or two just out of the box questions. <laughs> um, so that that was my last question actually. Thank you for participating. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. I really just um, enjoyed how your insights have been different and enriching. And um, yeah, thank you so much. I hope everybody else that's listening has been inspired and you know has liked you know this communication as much as I have. And um, it'll be really nice to just see what the responses are. So thank you again for, you know, coming on board to speak with me today. And I hope you get just fully recuperated really soon. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that, Fatima. And thank you for holding this um, space and series. I think it's really important <laughs> as we were discussing you. at the very beginning that visibility, mm-hmm. the um, if you see it, you can believe it, right? And this right. is part of right. it, right? It's, it's right. letting people see women in cyber right right i'm happy to do it thank you very much all right um till the next episode thanks for listening <laughs> thank you bye have a great rest of your